Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. Today we are talking systems and processes for your product-based business and how to figure out what processes you need. <laughs> because that is a struggle. We have a guest on the show, Kadira Mohammed. Kadira is a systems implementation engineer and founder of Succeeding with Systems, who went from breaking into the entrepreneurial world at 18 with the goal of retiring her parents to falling in love with systems and now teaches solopreneurs and startups how to establish lifestyle freedom using systems, automation, and technology. Kadira and I talk all about how to break down goals, and using your processes to help break down the things that you need to do in order to reach those goals. We talk about some of her favorite tech tips. We talk about some of my favorite tech tips, or I guess not necessarily tech tips, but tech tools that can help streamline and automate things in your business. I think you're going to love this episode. Grab a pen because we even talk about doing some journaling. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hi, Kadira. Welcome to the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I am so happy you are here. How are you today? I am amazing, Erin. Happy to be here. Really happy to share this information with the community. I'm super excited about this interview and this uh, appearance. Awesome. Why don't we start by telling everyone who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Hello, everybody. My name is Kadira Muhammad. I am a systems implementation engineer, and I'm the founder of Succeeding with Systems and Omnipotent Consulting. I help business owners be able to give back their lifestyle freedom, which means their time freedom and their financial freedom by installing systems, processes, and technology so they can save a ton more time and get back to doing what they love and staying in their zone I love that. I want more time. We all do, definitely. How did you get started in this? So when I first started my business, it was like a few years ago, and I actually got started in like digital marketing. I worked with all different types of clients. But what I realized is a lot of my clients, I get them more business, they're making more revenue, but they're still like all the way in their companies. They're still running around and trying to do everything. And I'm like, can I help you? Can I install some tech for you? We got to make this easier for you because I need you to be able to take on the leads that I would give them. And so I would help my own client by systemizing their processes, putting in new tech and everything. And I did that for a couple of years and then I really fell in love with it. I really enjoyed it. It was the nerdy thing that nobody really liked to do, but I love to do it. And so I decided, I'm like, you know what? This is a, an interesting gap in the business world where people need it, but they don't want to take the time to do it. And honestly, some people just aren't tech inclined. And so they just don't want to have to learn it. And I realized I could actually provide the service to people. So I've been doing strictly systems implementation and engineering for about a year and a half Wow, that's really cool. I feel like you were like looking over my shoulder as you were talking. <laughs> I have a team and I am still so in my business. Like I oh. hired an OBM to help me with the system. So she has been a lifesaver. Oh, I'm sorry. And then, so I'm like right there with you, loving that techie side of things. I, what I love about what I do is I help people create solutions and like tools inside of Shopify 
And so like when someone tells me they're doing something manually that I could automate, I'm like, oh my gosh, let me show you this. Oh, absolutely. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I meet people all the time who like either have solopreneurs and they may have yeah, yeah, a contract or two, or they have a sophisticated team, maybe a couple of members, but still difficult for them to give their team really the autonomy they need so they can just take it further. And I've seen this like huge combination between the not having the right tech your side and utilizing it the right way. And it's also not having the right processes that your team can rely on and they can take what's in your mind and actually expand on it, execute on it without you having to look anger and be over them all the time. A lot of business owners, especially the handmade business owners that are listening to this podcast, they don't feel like they can hand pieces over. So what are those first steps in the process to getting to where you are able to automate and take some of your time? Beautiful question. The first thing I want to say, because I know you have the handmade community, you feel very close to what you're creating. And I super understand that. Thing to consider is you don't have to immediately hire somebody to take over the making side, especially if that's what you love to do. My suggestion would actually be to journal everything that you do in your business on a day-to-day basis for like at least a week, writing down what you did for that day. You're writing down what you shouldn't have been doing. You're writing down what you didn't like doing. And you're documenting what you're physically doing on an everyday basis. And it's an interesting experience if you've never done it before. Because you're like, you'll look back at you and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know why I was answering all these emails. Customer support, order tracking, people DMing you and they're like, hey, I need to know what's the status of my order. Even though your policy might be on your site that they should email you, but they're still going to DM you. And so you're answering all these messages. You probably didn't get to as much making as you wanted to do. And so it's important that you, it's time to document in your journal because that'll also tell you what are the key areas that you need to immediately put somebody else in. Or if you have a team, then you need to figure out who on your team can take this over from you. So that first step is journaling, like what's actually going on. And then once you realize, okay, Customer support, I need somebody to answer emails, answers people's question about tracking and or returns or shipping errors. Then you start to record yourself. Like, how do you do that now? I would actually suggest doing like a video and you can use something like Loom. Loom is my favorite thing. You can screen record yourself answering emails, sifting through emails, how you're actually finding this information so you can tell the customer what's going on. That's probably one of the First things I would suggest, documentation is extremely important in creating a process-based business and a systemized business. Yes, I love that. I use a tool on my computer. I have a Mac and I think it's a Mac specific tool, but I'm sure there's other ones, but it runs in the background and it like tells me every time I'm on a site, every website I'm on, every app I'm using on my computer, like everything. And Mm -hmm. when I first started using it, it was shocking to see where my time was going. And I even categorized your time on there. And I had to create a category that was like wasted time because it was so surprising to see how I was actually spending my time. And even today, I left my house about 30 minutes earlier than I usually do, 30 minutes to an hour earlier. And I'm like, I don't know why I came here early. I've wasted this time. Oh, my goodness. Is the app called Rescue Time? No, it's called Timing Tracker. And I think I pay for it once a year. Don't 
I don't I actually was, remember, but I love it. It's really nice to have. No, I use Rescue Time. I've been using that for years. It's the exact same thing. I have it on my computer. I have it on my iPad. I have it on my phone because I do business on all three of those. I mean, as somebody who's like a systems person and productive, I am amazed sometimes. Even at myself, I'm like, did I really spend two hours doing that? Did I really <laughs> do nothing on my phone? I'm like, oh my goodness. And it just, it, I love how it breaks it down. It does the exact same thing as your app does. Like you, it categorizes, it'll tell you this was productive. This was totally not productive. This was a time waste. You're on Facebook for way, for way too long. You're on Instagram for way too long. It's start telling my business a little bit. And I'm like, oh my goodness, dang. I guess I got to do a little bit better during my workout. It's extremely helpful for sure. It's like when you get an alert on Sundays that says, this is how much time you spent on your phone. And I'm like, don't judge me, phone. Don't judge me. Yeah. Yes. I had to turn that off. And I'm like, hey, look, I just feel like I can do what I want on my phone. I don't need this. This is too much. For me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to judge myself. Sometimes I just need to have my little time, a break. But sometimes you got to face the facts and realize wasting too much time on these apps and you're not doing anything on them. Yeah, I totally can see that. But I agree exactly with what you're saying, like writing out what you're doing, what you've done in your business is really powerful. I've actually, I realize this is off topic, but similar with my therapist, I have started talking about not feeling like I'm doing enough. And so she suggested every couple of days, I make a list of the things I have done and I do it on pen and paper. So I'm like taking the time to sit down and think about all of the things I've actually done in my business. And most days that fills an entire page in my journal, maybe even moving on to the second because we don't realize all the things we're doing in our business and all the little things that make a business run in the day to day. It all adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's very powerful. And I hope they're listening like you don't have to be overwhelmed. That's why I don't. Always focus on the tech side of things. People get really overwhelmed if they're not really like tech inclined. They might feel levels of insecure that they don't know how to really use it the way it should be because they're kind of preparing themselves. And I wouldn't even suggest you start with the tech if you don't know how your business is currently ran and you don't know how you really want your business to be ran because then you're just buying software and you pay $5, $20, $100 a month or something you're not really implementing because you didn't really know where to even implement it and how it should really be. Those little fees, they start to add up. I know y'all know what Shopify. Work with clients and Shopify multiple times. And one of the first things I'll do when I me to come in and see how I can automate and make stuff a lot more efficient, I'm going to the apps that y'all are using because it's like, what is this for? How are you using it? Needed like one time? And you don't really need it again, but it's still charging you seven a month. And yep. that's why you have a $400 bill every month. But yep. like half that, you're not using. That's like the first thing I do when I go into a Shopify. They want some consultation help. And I'm like, let's look at your apps. Because I'll tell you right now, you don't need half them. I'll do like a website audit, usually with people who've been on Shopify for a few years. And they've added this and they've added that. And they're using text for this and email for this. And I'm like, okay, let's go through the list and see what we're not using anymore. What could we combine are things like sometimes they'll be using two separate apps for like text marketing and one for email marketing, but there are solutions that have both in one. 
And so I'm like, where can we move something? Where can we streamline a piece of the tech? Where can we find a better solution for what you need? And then also another trick for Shopify specifically is some of those apps are things that could be hard coded into the site. So you could pay developer $100 to develop some kind of code, especially things that are changing the way something looks. Okay. We can pay mm-hmm. a developer to code that in for us instead of paying an app that costs $8 every month for the lifetime of your store. Over the long run, it's going to save you a lot of money, even if you're paying more up front. So that's something I always look into also, because those little things, they add up fast. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a great thing. I love that. I haven't even thought about that, even though I know even certain things will come with certain like little features that usually you would have to buy separately. I never even thought about just having stuff card coded into the website itself. That's amazing. Yeah. Another great tip for anybody listening is really research themes because some of those things that you're adding apps for come as part of your themes. And so if you pay for a premium theme that has some of these features, you pay one time like $300, $350 upfront for your theme. But then over the course of your store, you're saving money. I see this a lot of times, like people have added a back in stock app or a filtering app. And those are things that some themes include. If you really do your research about what features you need on your store, you can also save money and time that way. And this is something I've talked about in another episode, so we won't go too far into it. But if you are feeling like this is a great time to audit my systems after hearing Kadira's episode, you can also listen to my episode about choosing a theme. And I talk about some of those options as well. That's beautiful. That's Okay, so we've outlined our processes. We've made a list. We've started documenting our processes. What's next? Absolutely. So now you want to put it together in what's called a standard operating procedure. So that way you just have everything in one place. You have your videos, you have your pictures, you have your written instructions, kind of just however you want to have actually to document that certain process. And then you really should go through where you're mapping out what you really want to have happen. So you have the way that you've been doing things, which Mm -hmm. has, if you're a solo maker and that's been working for you, that's fine, but you're eventually going to need at least a couple people, even if they're just virtual assistants and they just work online. So they're not necessarily making, but they're handling customer support or social media for you. Then you need to start mapping out how do you actually want this particular department ran? And I say department versus saying whole business, because again, that might be really overwhelming. Let's say we're focusing on the fulfillment process, right? You should be mapping out Okay, when an order comes in, this is what I do first. This is what I do next. This is the third thing. This is, this I email the customer. And then now that we ship the product, this is when we send these particular emails. After the product has been delivered, this is when we send a review or a feedback request email. How we do this? One, two, three, four. And when I say map it, you should draw it out. This is what I do. I always draw it out because I want to see it on paper and I want to see what that looks like because what you're doing is you're planning for your business in a couple of years and you're thinking ahead and you're able to see the route to get there. A lot of people have these big goals. They want to make this certain amount of money per month, certain amount of money per year. But now we need to see what is it really going to take to get there from an operations standpoint. So I live in Detroit. I know you live in Washington. 
So if I'm driving, for whatever reason I'm driving, but if I'm driving from Detroit to Washington, I'm not just going to get in my car and just start, I don't know, despite if there are mountains I need to go over, any of that. I'm going to put somebody's address in Google and I'm going to find the best route. And I, hopefully I realize that I should just put the plane. But anyway, I'm going <laughs> to find him. I'm going to find the best address in Google and I'm going to follow that route because it's mapped out for me. And I know what's going to happen. I know the turns, the dead ends, I've got highways I need to avoid. You want to have a mapped out process because that really releases the overwhelm. And once you have that mapped out process, now you'll have an even deeper understanding of who do I need to put in place so that way I don't do things that are outside of my zone of genius. Your zone of genius are the things that you're really good at and the things that you actually want to do. And uh, people feel a little bit guilty saying that I don't want to do everything in my business. And they think that means I don't want to be in business. And that's not what that means because every business has jobs. They have positions. When you used to work at a nine to five, you had a particular job and a particular position in a particular department, and it was laid out for you. And it's totally fine if you have part of your business that you just hate, seriously. And hey, because as long as you can document it as much as possible and then put in the right people to take it over and hopefully enhance the role, it's perfectly fine to admit that you don't like certain parts of your business. And this is how you can start to release that overwhelm and get the right people in place. Documenting, mapping it out, and now you can start to figure out what is the role of the person that should be taking this over or the tech. It can be both, but it doesn't happen until you have a clear vision of what really needs to go down in order for you to get rise a month or a million dollars a year, like whatever that be. That is so powerful. I loved what you said about if there's pieces that you don't love in your business. I think as business owners, sometimes we think we're supposed to love it all, or even if we don't love it, we just have to suck it up and do it which maybe at some points in your business you do. Just getting started, you have to do things that you don't necessarily love. But you can create this roadmap to create a business that gets you focusing on the parts that you love and the parts that you want to do. That's a shift I'm making in my own business. And it's kind of hard because the thing I don't love to do is the thing that has always brought in the most money. And so it's really, really important to create that vision. One thing I always recommend, sometimes it can be very difficult for me to make a vision for further down the line. So it might even be like one year down the line feels too far or five years. Sometimes they're telling us, make a 10-year vision. I'm like, I can barely think about tomorrow. <laughs> so I will start really small. In one month, what do I want to be doing? And you will start to be able to expand what your vision is the more you practice, like making a vision for one month, then you'll be able to expand what you can see your own business. And I think starting small can really help when we're trying to avoid that overwhelm piece. I'm actually inclined to agree with you. People make year long, five years, 10 year long. Honestly, I don't have a 10 year plan that I've written out because it's too far. And now that's 35, that's like too far ahead of me. <laughs> I need stuff to be a bit closer. Let's say I do have a one year plan. Let's say one year. I try to chunk it down to the month. So let's say maybe I want to make $100,000, right? Like in the year, I want to make hundred grand. Great. What does that look like every quarter? What does that look like per month basis? And chunk it down to the smallest level. So that way it'll make the most sense for you. And it makes it more real. 
sometimes just 30 days and we can think a month ahead or even just a week ahead. It's the chunking down that I think really makes a big difference. If it's just stuck at a year, then a lot of times in our mind, you're like, well, I have a year to get it done. I'm good right now. Let's say you break it up and okay, $100,000 means it's about 50K-ish per half of the year. Okay, break it down, whatever, 100,000, why by 12 years? I don't know what that is, but a number is then that becomes your goal on a per month basis. It's smaller, it's closer to home. I don't think 30 days isn't a long time away from me, but it's also not too short where I feel really stressed. It's not like it's just tomorrow. You don't have to do it all today, but you have to do it quickly. Exactly. Like you still have to put some momentum in there. You got to put some effort in there. And 30 days is okay. I have 30 days, but I only have 30 days. I got to be on point. Then you can think about what do I need to do? What a part of my roadmap do I need to have accomplished? I need to fill in order to hit that mark in this month and then in the quarter and then the six months and then re- for the year if I keep repeating this pattern and things that are actually working. Mm-hmm. And that just really forces how important it is to create that roadmap because if you don't know where you're going in the end, you don't know how much to plan for during those months that you're working towards. I loved your road trip analogy. My family and I went to Texas this year. And so first we were like, okay, how far is it? And then how many miles can we drive in a day safely? And then so break that into how many days do we need to get there? So if you don't do that breaking it down piece, then you're really going to struggle because you don't know what needs to get done each day or each week or each month to actually reach that goal. Exactly. It's difficult to see how it's going to happen in reality. We have dreams and we have visions. But when you don't have it written out somewhere, you do have to do the math at this point. You have to do the math and figure out what does it take to actually get there. Then it just, it stays a dream, really. And that's why one of my first steps when it comes to systemizing is, is not tech. You're not going to just go get some software. I need you to figure out what are you doing right now and then where are you really trying to go? That'll tell you what needs to happen to have this dream become a reality. Like you see it, it's physical. And it's not even just about the, like the destination, but it's also about, do you know the tasks that need to be handled? Do you know the people that need to be here? That They're like the markers that tells you I'm getting closer to my destination. I'm getting closer to my goal. Because when you can see those markers, that becomes very, very encouraging. Absolutely. I just made a new vision board like two days ago. And I saw this quote, and I don't know who said it, but I put it on the vision board. Like It looks really cute. It says, a goal is a personal promise to yourself. So it's like taking that dream and making a promise to yourself to get it done. I love that. This has been such a good conversation. I'm so grateful to chat with you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Very good. It's always, the world always works in our favor. We always have the best timing. And it comes to creating systems, especially for the maker community. Like, you can make this all happen. You just have to take that topic and to document it and don't be afraid. I think when we are any business owner, it's not even product-based businesses, it's any business owner, we feel so close to our business, right? And we right. feel like it's our baby and we think nobody can do the things that we do. And it's not even just like the fulfillment, the product or the service. It's also all the parts of the business. And that holds us back so much that I don't even really realize it because it's not true. 
It's not true. I'll give you an example. I'm in the middle of hiring somebody to schedule my social media. Eventually, gonna hire somebody to edit my social media because it's needed, but I hate doing it more than. And I know I'm not doing everything correctly. I know everything isn't like the way it should be, or hitting all the marks and everything. And I had to say to myself, "Look, you don't really like to do this." In the set, I love doing the content. I love content. It's like the editing part, the editing, the scheduling, keeping up with all that, the comments, engaging other accounts, all that stuff. Whoa, I need somebody else to take that over because it's not going to happen and it's just me. And I knew somebody who knows how to do this and can just do it for me because right. I know it needs to happen. I've already recorded videos of me editing content, how I've done it. I have branding guides. I have my structure of how I want the content to be posted or platform and everything. I'm like, somebody going to plug into here because I'm not doing everything. That's how you get burnt out. It really is. Yes. I love that, that you're hiring someone. The wheels are turning in my head just chatting with you because I, I have a team, but I don't, I don't lean on them as much as I could. And so there's room for them to do more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And part is, when you have a team that believes in your mission, they believe in what you're doing, they believe in what you're providing, it's a disservice to them because it's not all about money at that point. It becomes, are they able to use their talents and gifts to the best of their abilities in order to help you with the mission that you have for your business? And so when we don't lean on them, let me give that too. See this everything, y'all. How to do it for other people, but when it comes to doing it for myself, sometimes I need like these conversations and somebody to tell me because I'll do the same thing. But when we don't lean enough on our teams, it's a disservice because they want to help more in wherever their zone of genius is in primarily. But they want to help more, they want to do more, want to help you move forward. And whatever it is that's like not allowing you to lean on them, maybe it's a trust thing. Maybe it's not even like you trusting them, but you trusting yourself. Again, not just you maybe not believing in them, but do you not believe in your business? Do you maybe not believe in yourself as much? There's a lot. There's a lot of people who fear success. And this is my problem for a while. The fear of success, because it's new, it's different, and it requires change. They sometimes we fear success and therefore we don't do the steps to actually allow us to be successful hiring, documenting, getting the right tag, automating, making stuff easier in these areas that we don't really want to focus on. Because when success comes, it's, I don't know if it's intimidating. I don't know if it's just like you don't deserve it. We can get real deep in here, but it, I've noticed those can be like the mental blocks when it comes to people who don't want to definitely anything or you know, hold on to the idea that I'm the only person that can really do all the important stuff in my business. And there's nobody else who can do it. Man, I'm guilty of feeling some of these things. I will. It does yeah, happen. Absolutely. I just think that's so relatable. Everybody's struggling with those same things. We all are afraid to hand things over. We are all afraid it's going to fall apart if we're not there, myself included. I feel guilty about asking my assistant to do like random little tasks. So it's all very relatable. Mm -hmm. I do want to touch a little bit on tech. What are yeah. some of your favorite tech tools for creating systems? Oh, absolutely. So, one of them that is worldwide, it's not worldwide, but it's used everywhere, Zapier. Zapier, if you've never heard of it, Zapier is like the glue of the animal and it'll combine different software together. So that way you can pass data 
You can perform little automations like emails, doing data entry on Google Sheets, even saying like SMS messages or organizing stuff. And it does plug into Shopify very well. I use it every single day and I think, especially for the data entry side of things. So that's number one tool for me. Second tool that's more Shopify focused that I've seen my clients be very successful with. It's a tool called Richchem, where it combines customer service with their social media and certain emails. So that way it's all in one place and they can respond to people relatively easy without having to log in to Instagram and Facebook and or else people might be DMing you on. Finds your inbox and so that way it's all streamlined in one place and then primarily not you, hopefully not you if that's not something you want to do, but like some of your other team can actually go in there and they can comment on everything respond to people who handle any support requests and everything. I didn't catch the name of that one. What was it? Rich panel. It just keeps everything in one place because I would hate having to log into different stuff all the time. Right, um, me too. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit too messy. It's a bit too messy. <laughs> and I think the last, we kind of touched on it earlier, but again, this is where Shopify focus. It's, it's the research of the right theme that mm-hmm. can take the place of those other apps. Ones that I've Used in the past personally, and ones I've seen be very successful with this, like Shop Demise, especially the newer version. It's one of those things that it'll come with a lot of its features. There's like a kind of scarcity apps and things. I think they do, and they're at the top. I think they added like a lot more, but it's called Shop Demise. It's been around for years now, but I came to know it about three years ago. And the theme Turbo have something similar. I don't know if it's more well-known, but it's the one I've seen repeated in the communities that I'm in. Oh, very cool. I've never heard of that one. So I'm going to have to check it out. I love the Turbo theme. That's what I've used on my own website. I've used it a bunch of times for different clients. The good one too. But I'm going to have to check out Shoptimized. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. those will be my recommendations. And she rich kind of, it's yeah. just powerful in that way. And I'm sure that you use as well. Also, you really want to have a place where you don't want to have to keep logging into Gmail and all these other places to things to people. It becomes overwhelming at that point. Absolutely. This has been such a great conversation. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you the one question I ask everyone who's ever been on the podcast. What is something you're currently learning in your own business to show or I guess tell everyone? who's listening, like it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. (laughs) We're always still learning and growing and evolving as entrepreneurs. So what is something you're currently learning in your own business? Well, yeah, one thing I'm learning in my business is really crafting my voice and being able to show it the right way on social media. Earlier that I'm hiring somebody to help me with the scheduling of my content and everything. Because showing up and using the voice that I have now has a struggle. Because the nature of a systems engineer or like a system strategist is that you're in the back end and in the front, you're not really in the spotlight. I'm comfortable there, but I realized I was too comfortable there. I wasn't able to help as many people as I really want to. Being in the back end, not being able to share this because most of us just don't know about it. And having that voice, becoming comfortable being in the spotlight and talking about it and not being a nervous wreck about it. You have no idea how nervous I am about these, about any of these views, any of these like guest appearances and stuff. So that's a, it's a constant like mental journey. I don't want to call it a struggle, but I do want to call it a journey of like accepting that, able to show up in the right way. 
Mm-hmm. I totally understand that. All right, thank you so much for being here on the show. Let's tell everyone about your guide that you're offering and where they can find you online. Absolutely. I do have a free guide. It's called the Six Figure Low Tech Guide, showing you some of the tech that I use that is definitely applicable to private business owners as well. And it's a tech that I use and it's tech that some of my clients use as well in order to help them automate their processes, automate certain stuff in their business from like marketing to also fulfillment, data entry, stuff like that. You can find it on my website called succeedingwithsystems.com. And you can find me pretty much on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Kadira S. Mohammed. I have, yeah, I have a channel and we just talk more about tech and systems and how to actually get that together for your business. We will have the link to your website and your free guide in the show notes so that everyone connect can connect with you. Thank you again for being here on the podcast. It was just lovely to chat systems and tech with you. And thank you for sharing your expertise with our listeners. Oh, thank you for allowing me to be on here, Erin. I appreciate it. And I hope this was very powerful for your listeners. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.